Okay, welcome to another episode of Meet a Bunch of White Girls. Um, I am here with Nicole, who is a dear friend of mine. Um, Nicole is an activist from LA, Latina, and amazing. Um, If you don't follow her on Instagram, you should. At Jasmine Nicole, but it's like one N, yes. the end of Jasmine, the beginning of Nicole. Very confusing. <laughs> no one can ever find me. But... You, gotta, you gotta make sure you get that. You mm-hmm. know, it's like double N's, it's just the one N. Yeah. Um, and we met like almost a year ago now. Yeah, in like a few weeks. Yeah, it's our friend anniversary. Um, and I'm so glad that we did and that we connected um, and that you're here on the show today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> we literally talked about this the first month that we met. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so hyped about it. I we really like, did. This needs to happen. I can't wait. And now it's happening. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think you and Brianna and Maria were like the first people that I told about the show. Yeah. And we had our little lunch in the conference room. Yes. And you told us all about it. And we just let out all these stories and we're like, girl, we're here. We feel the same way. So that is true. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. It's awesome. Thanks. Well, cheers to that before cheers. we get started. Yo, I had a Galentine's and everyone, everyone brought sparkling rosé so i have like five bottles i love it i actually <laughs> got bridge. here to the event and i was like i didn't bring rosé so i thought i was gonna be the only one who brought it <laughs> no show up to the event there's like 20 bottles of rosé and i'm like okay we all had the same idea everyone did everyone did yeah. but luckily there was like enough obviously to go around and then some so it's good glad we could crack open a bottle so I'm glad you're here. Um, I we've you've been on the show before for starters. You mm-hmm. were on the Valentine's Day special, yeah. um, and you talked about uh, romance with uh, a white man. Yes, <laughs> which wasn't for you. No, it was <laughs> not. It was challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now you're back. Um, we chatted a little bit. Uh, prior to this, because the news. <laughs> Whoa! <kind> of. <laughs> What's today's date? When it's... white privilege was exposed, March twelfth, two thousand nineteen, <laughs> the year of our Lord. Yeah. Um, and you said something that was so interesting. I mean, we talked about the. Um, is there a name for it yet? Like. There is no pop culture name yet. Uh, Becky Gate. I'm sure Twitter probably already has one. You check on that. But yeah. <laughs> but it, basically, like, these, I mean, I don't know much about Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman. To me, they're like D and B plus listers. Yes. Like, I don't pay very much attention to them, but... They're recognizable faces and names enough that mm-hmm. people like really cared about the scandal. Yeah. Um, and them basically paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in yeah. some cases. In some their case, millions of dollars. Mi- millions. To Allegedly. Get their- <laughs> <laughs> For don't any lawyers. Um, FBI, we don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. 
Yes, they paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their children into Ivy League schools. Mike. I'm just... And some, like, not not all Ivies. It was, like, USC. Lori Loughlin yes, paid prestigious 500 schools. grand mm-hmm. to get her daughter into USC. Yes. Which, you're, I'm assuming you're in California. I don't understand why you would need $500,000 to get your daughter yeah. into a school in the state that she lives in. Well, that seems extravagant. There's like a rumor and I heard about this when I was applying to colleges that it's super hard to get into schools in California if you're from California. Really? So I don't know if that's true or not, but maybe that was her concern. I highly doubt it. But yeah, you literally took someone's spot who deserved to be there. Just to have your privileged child go to this school. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, we talked about it earlier a little bit today. I wasn't like completely surprised. Yeah. Um, because I feel that definitely happened in the schools that I went to. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. You're taking stuff from people who have worked so hard. Yeah. And who really could benefit from, from a USC diploma mm-hmm. just because you want your child to have this even more privilege, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of feelings about it. I had multiple group chats going about it. <laughs> I was sending you yes. updates. Yes. <laughs> sending our group chat updates as they came in because it's something that is super personal to me mm-hmm. um, because – Throughout my whole life, starting from kindergarten, Mm -hmm. I have been made to feel like I wasn't good enough or I didn't belong in these spaces. Yeah. So we moved to the city that I'm from in in L.A., the suburb that I'm from in L.A., when I was five. And we were one of the first Latino families in our block. Yeah. Um, And there weren't that many Latinos in my elementary school. So I definitely already felt left out. And Mm -hmm. even at five years old, I was very aware of not feeling wanted there. Yeah. So the school that I went to was a public school. The elementary school was a public school. And I remember clear as day, kindergarten, having a white teacher basically put me to the side and just like not pay attention to me, not care about my academic achievement and assume that because of the color of my skin and my lack of English proficiency, because Spanish was my first language, Mm -hmm. that I wasn't worth her time. Mm -hmm. And so I remember feeling very unwanted and unsure of myself and just believing at that point, okay, why am I here? I shouldn't be here. They don't Mm -hmm. want me here. And that has followed me into senior year of college mm. where I just let it go. Um, not just let it go. It was definitely uh, a process. Yeah. But, yeah. So when this story broke this morning, I was like, wow, this is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the fact that they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their children into this school, but 
that people were surprised and people were, you know, saying like, oh, you know, like defending it. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, where is that outcry when people, when brown kids aren't being let allowed to attend public schools yeah. in quote unquote better areas? Mm-hmm. Um, why, why aren't people upset about that? Why are we feeling bad for these privileged, mostly white children mm-hmm. who got in based on their parents' wealth? Yeah. People are trying to defend these kids. You know, at the end of the day, maybe they didn't know, but I, I am really upset that the same outcry doesn't happen when brown kids are being forced out of public schools yeah. that would allow them to succeed. Yeah. That had more resources and yeah. more money behind them. Yeah. And I'm like, this double standard is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, brown communities, black communities have known about it since forever. Mm-hmm. Um, brown and black students in colleges have known about it since mm-hmm. forever. So, but I'm just glad it came out. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I'm not entirely surprised. Yeah. Because in my high school, which I told you, I think I told you earlier, was, you know, very prestigious school, um, very wealthy school. Mm-hmm. And the girls that attended just assumed that they would get into any college that they applied to, that they would get all these uh resources just handed to them yeah all these advantages just handed to them uh and i I do want to say not all of them but the people that didn't know this they flaunted it and they Mm -hmm. threw it in your face and it was just like disheartening because you'd be like i want to get into that school too but my dad doesn't know so and so Mm -hmm. my mom doesn't have that kind of money i'm not a legacy kid doesn't matter how hard i work doesn't matter how hard i study I still might not get in. Yeah. And some people just knew that they would. Yeah. And yeah, so it was just, it was just chaos. (laughs) So what were like some of the things you remember hearing either from these students in high school, Mm -hmm. um, but you went with. Yeah. And then in college, like in those earlier years. Yeah. Like what were the conversations, the microaggressions that you were hearing from these people? Yeah. Um. So I remember in high school, we were all applying to colleges. Um, I took all the APs that I could junior and senior year, worked mm-hmm. my butt off in high school. Yeah. Um, because I knew my parents were paying a lot of money for me to go to this high school. Mm-hmm. And I would drive an hour and a half to get to school wow. every morning, wake up at 5 a.m. So I knew all of that. Mm-hmm. I knew how hard I was working, how hard my parents were working, and what they were sacrificing. Yeah. Um, and when we were applying to colleges, there was this girl in one of my classes in AP U.S. History, A Push. Oh boy, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, That's a good name for that. We didn't call ours that. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, so I I was in AP U.S. history Mm -hmm. and our teacher, for some reason, wanted to know what schools we were all applying to. Mm -hmm. So we went around the room and everyone said, I'm applying to so-and-so. Yeah. And so this girl, she says, I'm applying to USC. And that was it. And I was like, what? The college counselor told me that I should apply to at least 10 schools. Mm. Like, I'm so, I was, like, so floored by it. Yeah. I was like, 
waiting for her to say, I'm applying to USC and all these other schools. Yeah. Nope, that was it. And I was like, okay. Uh, so then I said my list of 10 colleges <laughs> that I applied to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I was like, wow, my first taste of that kind of privilege. Mm-hmm. And then the semester went on and we are in the same class and the teacher wants to know what schools we got into so yeah. far. Everyone has received most of their letters. Yeah. So I started listing my schools she did get into usc okay surprise surprise um she was a less legacy child mm-hmm. so she got in she was you know bragging about usc and so my turn comes up and i list the schools that i got into and one of them happened to be the college of the holy cross where i ended up going mm-hmm. which is a prestigious school in new england mm-hmm. and she whips her head and she's like, you got in? Oh, God. And I was a very, very shy, shy student. So I just froze and didn't say anything. And I was like, why is she asking me that? I should yeah. be asking her, you got into USC? <laughs> like, I was I was very surprised. Yeah. And it took me a minute. So I just like nodded in my head, yes. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was kind of like, oh, okay, congratulations, and move on. Like, no one else paid any mind to it. And I remember reflecting on it a lot and thinking about it. And I was like, why is she asking me this? We're in the same classes. Mm -hmm. We're in the same AP Mm -hmm. classes. Mm -hmm. I work, to be fair, a lot harder than she does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't understand why she doesn't believe that I got in. Well, I come to find out she, like, just, you know, had a racist mentality. Yeah. It later came out throughout the yeah. semester in certain conversations, um, the way she viewed brown people. Yeah. And, yeah, that was one of the first times where it was, like, a real slap in the face that no matter how hard I worked, it didn't really matter to these folks. Yeah. Because they were still going to be surprised and question if I deserved to be in these institutions yeah so that is something that i recall very vividly Mm -hmm. and then in college it was like from day one um when my roommate in college freshman year she had someone basically say that she was there for because of affirmative action Mm -hmm. she's dominican um and first generation Mm -hmm. so this white guy told her, you only got in because they need people like you to meet a status quo. Wow. And that was so many people's stories. So many students of color yeah. had heard this over and over again. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, yeah, when um, I started coming around to my junior and senior year, I was very open about the type of microaggressions and instances of just blatant racism that I had experienced in college and throughout my life. So I decided to have this campaign that I wanted to lead on campus. Yes. um, Discussing microaggressions that women of color face. And we were recruiting people for this campaign and talking to them about their stories. And the same theme kept coming up. Yeah. People kept... Women kept telling us. Yeah. 
people don't believe that I deserve to be here. People keep asking me, mm-hmm. what classes did you take in high school? Mm-hmm. How do you know how to speak English so well? Oh, my God. You know, what what tutors did you have? Yeah. Like, how how is it possible that you're so smart and you're able to do well in these academic spaces? Mm-hmm. So we had this campaign and we had women of color have a poster dedicated to them where they could share their story mm-hmm. with their photograph. Well, the poster didn't even the posters didn't even last a weekend. Yeah. Some guys, white guys decided to tear them down. Um and we had created like actual poster boards yeah. out of cardboard with the images of these women and their stories. Yeah. Um one of their poster boards was broken and it was a poster board with a black woman on the uh that was that was the picture that we had. Mm-hmm. Someone had punched the picture right in the face yeah. and broken it and thrown it into the trash can. And people were making fun of it. People were making fun of the campaign. People were making fun of me, mm-hmm. saying I was like trying to make people feel bad and pitting students against each other. I had professors call me out, wow. telling me that I was creating a divisive campus and that I was trying to create this sense of racism that didn't really exist. <sighs> I had a professor tell me, like, you're already here. Like, why are you making this such a big deal? And the reason was because the story that I shared through this campaign was a story that just like the story in high school of the girl questioning how I got in to Holy Cross. Yeah. I had an incident with a white mom on campus where my junior year, I was very into J. Crew. Oh, yeah. Not very proud of it, oh, but yes. I was. Um, that was the vibe of our campus. Um, so, um, and I used it, to work at a polo, Ralph Lauren, and wear popped collared okay. polos to school like, when I wasn't working. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I know. So, it's rocking the basic <laughs> J. Crew, you know, polo underneath a sweater <laughs> with the bedazzled necklace um, with some pearls thrown in. Uh, <laughs> All those pictures have been burned. But um, so, and if I'm being honest, it was because I had dealt with such intense racism and microaggressions my freshman and sophomore year Mm -hmm. because of how I dress, how I talk. Mm -hmm. People would always be like, oh, you dress so different. You dress so Californian. Mm -hmm. And it was not a compliment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, they just were saying, like, you don't dress like us. You don't fit in here. Mm -hmm. And so junior year, I was like, I'm going to, you know, wear what everyone else is wearing, Martha yeah. Vineyards uh, mm-hmm. or Vineyards Vines. Yes. Um, Jack Willis, something Willis. You know, just wear Sperry's, oh you know, God, yeah. just everything that you would find at Cape Cod <laughs> was in my closet. Um, A weekend at Martha's Vineyard, what Hamptons, would you wear? Yes, that was my vibe. Absolutely. I'm ashamed. Yeah. But... Sorry, you know, to people who are that. (laughs) It's just like it wasn't me, okay? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't true to who I am. Yeah, you were putting on, you were playing a role. I was trying trying to to be accepted by this white culture. It was camouflage. Yes. 
And I was like, well, if people will judge me based on what I wear, I will wear what everyone else is wearing, mm-hmm. what all the wealthy white kids are wearing. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully they'll be nicer to me. They'll think I belong here and everything will be okay. Yeah. So, you know, everything is a lesson. Yeah. And I was rocking my J. Crew outfit. <laughs> real, feeling real cute. <laughs> Um, and I had decided I wanted to go to Panera. So okay. I went to Panera, my favorite spot in college, <laughs> you know, take it to go, come back to my college dorm. I have my broccoli cheddar soup <laughs> in my bag yes. and in a takeout bag. Yes. And I'm walking up the steps to my dorm and I'm like, Shoot. I forgot my ID to swipe into the building. Mm. People do this all the time. Yeah. We're dumb. We're college students. We have a billion things going yes. on. Um, so I'm like calling my boyfriend, calling my roommate, like trying to like get into this building. Yeah. And it's getting real cold outside. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So I'm like, I'm just going to knock on the win- on the door yeah. that has a window. And I'm, like, knocking, hoping someone will see me. And this mom passes by. And we make eye contact. And I wave at her. And I'm, like, hey, like, point to the door. Yeah. And I'm, like, can you open it? Like, mouthing to her. Yeah. And she, like, proceeds to walk away. Oh. And I'm, like, okay, this is awkward. So I knock on it again. And she turns around. And I tell her, again, mouthing to her, can you open the door? And she swings the door open, and she's like, who are you delivering food for? Oh, fuck. Literally, my heart just dropped thinking about that. Yeah. She's like, who are you delivering food for? No one is here. Because it was like around a spring break or something. Yeah. Um, So there were like barely any kids on campus. And I just like paused and like was so confused at her question. Yeah. I was like, excuse me? I live here. Yeah. She's like there's no one here there's no students here who are you delivering food for and i'm like oh because she, she saw my panera takeout bag and i'm like no still trying to give yeah. this white woman the benefit yeah of the and i'm like oh no i live here i'm a student here yeah and she's like you don't look like a holy cross student oh and closes the door <gasps> and i'm just like what are you kidding me right now and so I start knocking on the door again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, open the door. Like, this is ridiculous. Yes, yes. So she opens the door. She's like, I'm going to call public safety. Where's your ID? And I'm like, well, I'm not able to get into this building because I don't have my ID. Right. And that's why I'm knocking on the door. Right. Asking you for help. She's like, well, I'm going to call public safety. I need to see your ID. I don't think you're a student here. I'm like, you really think? I'm wearing J. Crew for goodness sake. <laughs> like... Don't you see the yeah, collar? Yes. It's popped. Don't you see the plaid? I don't plaid? understand what we're doing. Yes. Wow. And she wouldn't let me in. Wow. And so finally, another student, like, saw this whole thing going down. Yeah. And he, like, pushes the door and he's like, no, she's a student here and lets me in. He was a white student. Yeah. So. You th- could vouch for that's, you. That's what less. it took. Um, wow. And so it wow. was just. Obviously, really upsetting. Yeah. And it made me so angry. And I just 
walked up to my dorm and I was sitting there thinking like, wow, doesn't matter what I wear, doesn't matter how Mm. I speak, Mm -mm. doesn't matter the fact that I'm in the honors college at Mm -hmm. this campus, Mm. that I am doing well here. Mm. All of that did not matter to that lady. All she saw me was as a potential delivery person. And there is no way that I went to her school because that's how she felt. Yeah. So I just, you know, took all that anger, took all that energy and decided that I wasn't going to let especially white women define where I belonged and I didn't belong. Yeah. I had a kindergarten teacher who tried to tell me I didn't deserve to be there. I had a white female student in my high school tell me that I didn't deserve to get into these colleges. Now I had a white mom tell me that I did not belong in this school. Yeah. And from that moment on, I was just like, took all the J crew out of my closet, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, and just let it go. Yeah. I put the facade away. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is not me. Why am I investing so much energy into trying to be accepted by people who don't want me? I had amazing black and brown women supporting me, who wanted me, who cared about me, invited me to their spaces. Mm -hmm. Why am I over here trying to get a white woman's approval? Yeah. And yeah, I just gave it up slowly but surely. It takes a minute. Like, yeah. even when you have those moments, like, it doesn't click right Oh, away. for sure. You want to pretend it yeah. was just a misunderstanding. Yeah. You know, maybe she was having an off day. Mm-hmm. But she knew what she was saying. Yeah. And she knew why she was saying it. And I'm not going to defend her actions. Absolutely not. So that that is what inspired the microaggression campaign that I led on my campus. Um, and we had a whole discussion about it a roundtable discussion and i think it helped a lot of people to realize okay i'm not alone in this Mm -hmm. and i need my support system and that's it yeah because you are especially in these institutions you want to do everything and anything to prove that you deserve to be there Mm -hmm. and i i can't do that anymore yeah. If you don't see right away that I'm qualified and you don't accept it for what it is, why am I going to waste my time trying to convince you otherwise? But yeah, so today with today's news, I was like... It just hit so many points for it, you. It was so real. I was... Yeah, it, it brought me back to that moment. Yeah. So stepping onto that campus and being being so self-conscious yeah and having this imposter syndrome of i i don't know if i can do this yeah i'm not smart enough but thankfully i had my roommate i had uh women of color administrators who were super Mm. supportive that was super crucial yeah to getting me through those four years because there were moments where i was so ready to give up Especially when I felt that I was being pinned against other women of color Mm -hmm. and being told, 
you have to be the only one in the room yeah. and you have to get our approval. And it was just a lot. It, yeah. it was so messed up um, because there were so many programs that I was a part of where I was the only one, the only yeah. woman of color. And I was told that, oh, it's because you're one of the good ones. Mm. You, you actually deserve to be here. And I'm like, what about my friend who doesn't speak the way I do, who has a different way of dressing, Mm -hmm. who has natural hair, like all these other things you don't consider valuable. Mm -hmm. What about her? And, and so I just took myself out of those situations. Yeah. I refused to be the token. I refused to be the brown face that you put on Mm -hmm. your poster. Mm -hmm. And it all came from those moments of, you know, just realizing it doesn't matter anymore if you think I'm good enough or not because I think I'm good enough I know I'm good enough yeah it was just it was but it was a lot of work and I feel like so one thing you said that I think is really Mm -hmm. important and I I'm trying to it's making me think of like my high school and even some of college like you had women of color administrators Mm -hmm. who were crucial to like ensuring mm-hmm. your college experience was not typical mm-hmm. for that space. Um, and I feel like it's the same conversation that we often have about um, like in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. like you can't just have diversity in front of the camera. Yeah. You have to have it everywhere behind mm-hmm. it in the writer's room, in the engineering space. Like it's not just about what people see, but it's about who's creating the image in the first place. Right. And I feel like part of being an administrator is that role. Like how are we, what kind of campus are we cultivating? We are kind of like the first line of defense almost. And like, if we are letting all this bullshit Mm -hmm. (laughs) filter through, then like it's on us. And if all of your administrators, if all the people in that office are white, Mm -hmm. if all those people are straight, you're going to cultivate a certain space on your campus simply because they don't have the education or Or the the experience experience to say otherwise definitively and be like, this is how I know that we need to do this differently. This is how we can change this Mm -hmm. and make sure our campus is not a toxic one. And it's so unfair sometimes that there has to be people of color's responsibilities. Yeah. Um, And actually the backlash that I got from my campaign was from professors of color. Really? So, yeah. It it was... And it hurt even more. Uh-huh. But you know what? Now that I am out of that space and in, quote-unquote, the real world, yeah, I understand why. Mm. You know, they grew up and they were in college and they progressed in their career in these white spaces yeah. accommodi- accommodating white people. Mm-hmm. So to them, it's like, no, you have to follow their rules. We can't we can't fight back right now. We have too much to lose. You're gonna yeah. ruin all the progress we made. Yeah. And so when I was in it, I was very mad and I was like, What you're a professor of a color, you're a person of a color, you're gonna tell me you didn't experience this in grad school where diversity is even worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course they had yeah but to them it was like we can't rock the boat 
it's just something you have to deal with. Yeah. It's par for the course. Yeah. If you want to be here, this is what you have to yeah. deal with. So I think I was a little unfair to them because mm. I was very mad at them and just like called them out <laughs> during the, yeah. dis- the roundtable discussion. But now that I'm a little you know, older, <laughs> not lo- no longer 19, um, <laughs> I'm like, wow, yeah, I get it, you know. But I mean, then there were the women of color who supported me, the administrators who supported yeah. me, and they were like, if I get in trouble because I'm allowing you to do this because I had to get their permission. Yeah. They were like, I'll take I'll take it for you because yeah. it's too important. Yeah. So it, it is it's like both sides of the spectrum, you yeah. know, like, what do you do? Because I easily could have been the professors who have to work in these institutions and have mm-hmm. to. This is this is how we make a living. Yeah. Maneuvering in these institutions. Yeah. I could have done, and I did do that for a very long time. And that's, you know, I got into certain spaces. I got access to certain resources because I worked the system and Mm -hmm. I smiled for Mm -hmm. the website and I, you know, spoke a certain way. I dressed a certain way. Yeah, for the brochure. I was all about it because I was also not dumb. (laughs) And, 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 you know, I realized there's no way. That yeah. if I come in here with my hoop earrings and my baby fat, like that, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get accepted. Mm. You know, they're so, gonna see one thing. Yeah, and it's not holy cross. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Shitty, so why don't white moms want to mind their own business? I don't know. Mind your own business. Yeah. Open the freaking door. You don't go here, so I don't know yeah, why I don't you're understand. so pressed. I understand. <laughs> You do not go here. I'm pretty sure you didn't pay for a building. Maybe you did. Maybe you're Lori. But what? What? Why do you feel you have the key mm-hmm. or you're keeping guard of these spaces and this resource? Mm-hmm. And it's, of course, you know, historical and so and so. But yeah, it was a huge turning point for me and I and I'm not gonna you know say that I wasn't like devastated and I was like why don't they want me you know of course I was because I was like I did everything right you know Mm. I got rid of my accent I Mm. studied my butt off I bought the right clothes Mm. I did everything right but my skin color my skin color is still brown yeah and that's enough. You know, my last name is still Spanish. It, it, and now all those things that I was so ashamed of. Yeah. And I was always so, I remember so clearly in high school being petrified of reading out loud mm. because I thought my accent was going to come out. Yeah. And I would read over and over and over again in my head, like how to pronounce a word. And how not to stumble. I had to be perfect. Yeah. And it drove me to have a mental breakdown. Yeah. My first anxiety attack was in high school mm-hmm. over feeling like I wasn't good enough mm-hmm. to be in these spaces. And yeah, it was traumatizing. So I always felt this paranoia mm-hmm. of like, they're going to find me out. They're going to mm-hmm. find out that I'm not smart. Or that I'm not actually qualified. Mm. So I would study harder. I would 
work harder and just like, and everything seemed like the end of the world. I had a teacher in high school who was a, a white female teacher just tear my essay apart, you know, mm-hmm. in red pen, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. And just basically call me stupid and ask me, you know, implying if mm-hmm. I had, if I struggled with my writing because of my background. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she was basically asking me, like, are you dumb because you spoke Spanish first? Yeah. I'm like, no, I just didn't understand the assignment. That's it. Can yeah. you help me? Yeah. As a teacher should do. But to job. her, it was like, oh, no, no, no. This has to do with your background. This is unfixable because I can't change. Because you're brown. Yeah. So you're automatically, you know, this yeah. is. And just the way she said it, I could sense like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. She really thinks that. Me being a Latino or a student of color yeah. impairs me from doing well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I always felt that paranoia of like, wait, wait, maybe it's true. Maybe this is just like not for me. Yeah. But I had an amazing group of women around me mm-hmm. who, whenever I doubted myself, they were right there to hype me up in the group chat yeah. to let me know who cares who cares what she says or what professors say or what students or what white moms say mm-hmm. you know how hard you worked and this isn't about them yeah this is about honoring the sacrifices your parents made mm-hmm. honoring the sacrifices you've made mm-hmm. who cares they have no part in this but it's so difficult. Yeah. Because, Getting to that point is really yeah, hard. Because you you always feel like you have to compare. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about Olivia Pope earlier today <laughs> <laughs> off the record. Yeah. And, you know, what, what she says is true. We have to work twice as hard. Mm-hmm. We have to be twice as good to get half of the respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know if I want that respect or that kind of level of respect, you know? I don't I don't yeah. know if I want I don't need that. And it's so easy to lose. You know, yeah. like it's it's given on like a, a, con, a very conditional basis, mm. right? So like even yeah. if you slip up a little bit, it's like you lose all of it. Yeah. And I Oh yeah. I remember talking to a couple friends Thinking about um, Serena Williams mm. and Maria Sharapova after yeah. her like steroid scandal, mm-hmm. you know, was uncovered, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, like you're banned from tennis for like what a year, two years, something like that." Right. And then there was an article about her, like, "Well, in the meantime, Maria's gonna go to Harvard mm-hmm. and start a business, open up a winery," and I'm like. If that had been Serena... Oh, my goodness. Her career would be over. They would have taken the sharpest tool they could find to chip her name off of any plaque, any statue, any anything where it says she is a champion. Get rid of it. It's all lies. The black bitch fooled us. Like, like that's how it would have been. And Maria... It gets to go to Harvard yeah. during her ban. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
That's... And I remember from being like, oh, it's like good for her. I'm like, good no. for her. Are you joking? This is insanity. No. And that's I want how it works. All of her titles stripped. She's only got a couple because she's not that great. Mm-hmm. I want her destroyed because yeah. that's exactly what you would have done to Serena. Oh, to, for to sure. Venus. You would have annihilated them. Yeah. You would have expected it. Yeah. I expect it of this woman who's spent her entire career cheating and mm-hmm. still losing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that, and I'm going to bring up uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, mm-hmm. who is always relevant. Mm-hmm. And the whole scandal of her black jacket that she dared to wear in the halls of Congress. And how, I, first, I don't even care about his name, but some white man on Twitter called her out saying you know that that jacket doesn't look like someone who struggles Mm. and i'm like okay let's let's dissect this what are you actually saying because i'm all about what people are actually saying so you're saying that a brown congresswoman should not be allowed to own a coat to prove that she struggles to prove that she came from a working class background. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if she didn't have a nice coat or dress like a congresswoman? You would have eaten her alive. So we don't win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was dressing like a congressperson. Mm-hmm. The way you and, expect. Yes. Anyone would expect a congressperson to go to work. And it's still not good enough. Mm-hmm. She's literally elected to office and you're not. Okay, she, that already makes her better than you. <laughs> but the fact that you have to be petty enough to point out what she's wearing in mm-hmm. order to question mm-hmm. her legitimacy, mm-hmm. that says a lot Because they're waiting. Yeah. They're waiting for people of color, especially women of color, to fail. Yeah. And it's like... To prove everything they've ever thought about women of color. Right. To be true, to be fact. Yeah. And I'm like, there are people who have literally committed treason allegedly (laughs) and well you know less allegedly now but who have committed crimes who have stolen taxpayer money Mm -hmm. who have gone on the house floor and lied Mm -hmm. said racist things have brought in a black woman as a prop Mm -hmm. to a congressional hearing and you are preoccupied with a woman wearing a coat because you think she does not belong there you think that these brown people have to prove something to me Mm -hmm. in order for me to Mm -hmm. give my stamp of approval Mm -hmm. that they deserve to be in congress they deserve to go to harvard Mm -hmm. they deserve to have ceo position Mm -hmm. you all gotta prove that to me and that that is the world we're in right now yeah but I think we have an obligation to call it out when it comes up. Yes. And I'm glad people call that out when AOC yeah. was targeted for that. Yeah. And I'm glad that the women that I worked with on this campaign called it out mm-hmm. when people were making fun of me and saying mm-hmm. I was using this as race bait or whatever. Yep. We would be like, no, she's not crazy. This is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And you're wrong. Yeah. What you're doing is actually racist and harmful and perpetuating a system that disadvantages people of color 
on purpose. Mm -hmm. This is not accidental. His comment was not accidental. Mm -hmm. That woman not letting me into my building was not accidental. They knew what they were doing. They're asserting their power. Mm -hmm. So we have to call it out. But at the same time, we have to rise above it and encourage each other. It's very exhausting. Yeah, it is. But you know what? What motivates me is that white mom. So I'm like, girl, just you wait. Because when your grandchildren are using my book as a dissertation... Yes. For their dissertation. Yes. I'm going to write you a thank you note. The dedication is going to use Yeah. This. And that quote's not mine. I'm going to say that. That was actually a quote by a uh, woman of color on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but I remember looking at them and being like, yes. Our success will be our revenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy with that. Absolutely. Let's cheers to that. Yeah. The glass is almost empty. I'm going to have to refill it. Oh. <laughs> we have plenty of rosé. <laughs> we have a lot. So much. Well, Nicole, that was perfection. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Everyone, please follow. Like, I'm serious when I say follow Nicole on IG at Jasmine1N. Nicole1N. Yes. Um, and also follow me and a bunch of white girls yes. at MBWG Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. If you're listening to the show and you love it, please subscribe, rate us, leave us a review, but only if it's positive. <laughs> and thank you for coming on the show. Yes. Happy Women's History Month. Yay. Supporting other women. I think yeah. it's been a pretty good one so far. Oh. I haven't been like confused and ashamed like I was last month during no, Black History Month. That was talk a very about confusing time. I mean, with the news today, it was very confused. with white moms being taken down, <laughs> I just... It's the I, beginning. It's karma. It's like, it's like, okay, you know, kind of sucks. Like, let's, <laughs> let's give them a little something. And, you know, congressional women of color kicking ass yes. during that hearing yes. and just... We're, we're not messing back. around. We're not messing around. Y'all, I think that is like such a. It's like I'm not playing with you. Y'all ain't ready. Like <laughs> like that mom who's like corralling her I, kids in the grocery store. Like I'm really not joking. joking. Yeah. You need to get your ass in the car. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> that's what's happening with America. I'm scared, but y'all should be more scared because I'm scared in a good way. I'm so ready for this. For all this woman of color just taking no nonsense. Y'all should be scared because we we got the receipts. We reading you guys out. Retired, like you said, retired. So we're gonna pour ourselves some rosé and get shit done. Yeah, let's, let's go drink some. Yeah. <laughs>